0: After
1: a long wait, China's Central Committee finished up its fourth plenary session on October 31st. The session ended in a press conference and a readout, but were there any groundbreaking outcomes from the meeting? Well, I would say nothing really surprises me. That's Mingda Chu. He's a research associate with the Freeman Chair in China Studies at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. He researches China's politics, government, and their industrial policy. He took a bit of time to tell us more about the plenum at CSIS's very quiet recording studios in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I don't even need room tone, it's so quiet in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess to start off, maybe you can start with just the basics. What is a plenum?
0: Sure. So. A plenum, or what do you call it, a plenary session, is essentially the convening of uh, the Chin- Chinese Communist Party, or in short, CCP, its central committee, during which time the committee's Politburo proposes policies for review and approval. And in theory, according to the CCP's constitution, the central committee is the top executive body when the party congress is not in session. So, every five years, the clock on plenum schedule will have to reset with the election of a new party congress. And right now, we are in the 19th party congress. And for this particular year, it's the fourth plenum, which is the fourth time that the Central Committee is meeting together to make decisions.
1: Okay, so I've combined numbers there to figure out where we are. <laughs> um, so what have been some major watershed moments f- in the past for these, these plenums?
0: Sure. So Mm -hmm. one thing when people talk about the plenum, people always uh, recall the third plenum of the 11th Party Congress, which took place in December 1978. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that plenum, essentially the Chinese leadership, particularly Deng Xiaoping, announced the reform and open up policy, which is uh, widely regarded as the beginning point of China's reform and open up period. And another plenum that has pretty important political significance is actually the fourth plenum uh, of the 13th Party Congress, and it took place in June 1989. So essentially, it's a plenum that convened to clean up the mess after the Tiananmen incident.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So so why has there been such a big gap between this most recent plenum and the previous one, which was in, in February of last year? So it's almost a year and a half, right?
0: Yes, it is a big gap. Um, So as mandated by the Article 22 of the CCP's constitution, the Politburo must convene a plenum at least once per year. But there's no specific requirement on which particular months or which particular days that it should convene such a plenum. So we had the last plenum, the third plenum of the 19th party Congress in March 2018. And uh, based on our calculation, it has been 580 days. Uh, between the third uh, plenum and the fourth plenum.
1: I pity the intern who had to break the calculator after (laughs) that one.
0: (laughs) But actually, uh, I think the reason of this big gap that we are seeing right now is because uh, Xi Jinping essentially inserted one additional plenum between the first plenum and the second plenum of the nineteenth party congress. That is the plenum that we see on January twenty eighteen, which specifically addresses the constitutional amendments that the central the party central leadership is going to propose to the National People's Congress.
1: That was the one that basically reduced the presidential limits to zero for Xi Jinping. Correct? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, how much of an impact does international politics have on the outcomes of these plenums versus domestic politics? Are, are are they purely inward focused or do they take into account what's happening in the wider world?
0: Generally, a party plenum tends to be more inward than outward because most of the themes, I'd say, are predecided because of par other political or economic events that takes place in China on a regular basis. For example, usually in each party's Congress spanning within five years, we would have seven plenums. So the first plenum takes takes place immediately after the closure of the party Congress, and uh, it will elect the top leadership, which is the Politburo and the standing committee of the Politburo. Then the second party plenum will usually take place right before the National the National People's Congress uh, in the next year after a party congress, because that plenum will have to decide the key positions in the government. And the third and fourth are generally flexible, but, but in the past we always see the third party plenum discuss some economic reform measures, and then the fourth party plenum discussed some uh, governance and party building issues. The fifth plenum, it's usually addressing the f- five-year plan that's supposed to be announced the year after. The sixth plenum is a little flexible, then the seventh plenum is, will take place right before the next party congress, essentially to fix the, the agenda of the party, next party congress and the dates. So as you can see, there were some topics that the plenums covers really focusing on specific events, or either it's political events or economic events.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so maybe we can start diving into some of the actual outcomes from this past plenum. What, what are the biggest changes or statements being made? It, has anything jumped out at you from the communique and the press conferences that have come out?
0: Well, I would say nothing really surprises me because uh, the Chinese propaganda machine has started way before this particular plenum to talk about the governance issues. And actually, if you look back into the party documents, you you could realize that Xi Jinping talks about the governance issue back in the third plenum of the 18th Party Congress, which is exactly five years ago. Mm -hmm. And over there, for the first time, Xi Jinping, the party document talks about uh, the system of socialism with Chinese characteristics and the modernization of China's system and capacity for governance, which is exactly what this party, uh, party plenum is addressing.
1: Okay. So one of the things that we've been following is we did notice there was some language about a new national system for making breakthroughs in core technologies under socialist market economy conditions, end quote from the translation. Um, it sounds a bit to, to me like state industrial policy, a la Made in China 2025, even though we don't say that out loud anymore. Um, is there any evidence from this plenum about how China plans to balance private and state-owned enterprises? oh that's a great question so this particular plenum is not specifically
0: about the economy but it still leaves some space for discussion on that particular topic and uh, one of the 13 aspects that the communique addresses in terms of uh, system and capacity for governance is actually the fundamental socialist economic system but i see more continuity than really real groundbreaking But as we know, a plenum document is always written in very lofty terms. It's supposed to serve as a general guidance document for where the party and where the country to go in the future. So it doesn't conclude really very exact policy measures. But generally, I would say, Mm, this plenum formalizes some previously announced economic measures through a party document as an aspect of the economic system. For example, it says it, deba- it will develop a negative list regarding market entry system. It will improve the system of production permission. It will improve its laws on antitrust and unfair competition. See, they use all those action verbs, but with, very, but with no concrete meaning behind it. What exactly, exactly system are they trying to build? then that's on one side. And on the other side, it also says the government will still enforce its support to the state sector, build up the state sector's competitiveness and the ability to innovate. So I still see this as trying to go in tandem with each other.
1: Okay, so, so if this, this document that comes out as a sort of broad, lofty, high vision document, What are some of the sort of specific road signs we might be looking for moving forward? So so what kind of actual concrete implementation things might we be looking for to come out of this? So that's right. Um, It's more important to look for some specific
0: documents that might be issued by the state council or any specific ministry or even the national development and reform commission regarding economic reform if that's what you, you are interested in. For example, the state council just released a document today, November the 7th, uh, the document title is um, opinion, on for the, or opinion for the better use of foreign investment. And uh, essentially the document removes some restrictions for foreign firms in the banking, insurance, and the auto sector. And um, that's something that uh, I would say foreign business in China should stay tuned into. But again, reading the document is one thing. We always have to pay close attention to what the Chinese government is actually doing. Because all those refor- uh, those new measures on foreign investment that I mentioned about, the Chinese government has promised that long ago. Now they are just re- making it into a real policy.
1: Okay, so this is a slow delivery on, on past promises. <laughs> Um, maybe we can do a bit of tea leaf reading. W- are there any guesses you might make from the outcomes of this plenum about upcoming changes that one might expect in Beijing?
0: <laughs> Rumors is always a part of Chinese politics due to its um, quite an opaque nature. It makes it fun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right Before, if you recall correctly, before the plenum, we were hearing things like there might possibly be some changes or some new addition into the standing committee of the Politburo. But none of that took place took place. And General Secretary Xi Jinping still maintains his stronghold over the party leadership. So moving next, of course, we have to pay very close attention to the phase one deal, the whole process of that, because it's still a big topic for Beijing and particularly after after the cancellation of the APEC summit in Chile and uh, leading into december the central economic work conference will take place in beijing as well that essentially is a place for the central party leadership and the government leadership to discuss the economic performance in the past year and set out the outlook for the next year so i would say we have to pay very close attention to that meeting
1: the china business review podcast is a production of the u.s china business council and you can learn more about our work on our website uschina.org. the show is also an audio companion to our digital magazine of the same name so you can read more articles about the u.s china relationship and other important business issues at chinabusinessreview.com if you like the show please do leave us a rating and review it helps others find the show thanks for listening and we'll be back soon